Greetings. Welcome to the Ontic Protective Intelligence Podcast. I'm Chuck Randolph, Ontic's Chief Security Officer. From 30 years as a military officer and over 25 transforming corporate security teams to function beyond their traditional roles, protection, risk management, and threat mitigation have been front and center throughout my career. This podcast series will explore the turbulent world of risk, security, and protective strategies through conversations with leaders and innovators in the field. Now, on to the discussion. Zahi Shraga is the Chief Intelligence Officer of MAX Security. He is a former Lieutenant Colonel from the Israeli Intelligence Services. Zahi spent 30 years in service gaining vast experience in the field of operational intelligence. His deep expertise in strategic risk and counterterrorism analysis and intelligence collection has helped businesses and organizations understand how to utilize intelligence to enable decision-making, inform business continuity operations, and protect people and assets in a constantly changing risk environment. Zahi, welcome to Ontic's Protective Intelligence Podcast. Thank you. It's a pleasure being here. Uh, I know it's a busy time, and I don't mean any tongue-in-cheek in that, but you know, you're very busy. Max Security is very busy. Everyone you know is very busy, so it's not lost on me that uh, asking for some time and, and taking time out to discuss this topic for the listeners is, you know, uh, is a bit consuming. So again, I appreciate that. You're very welcome. Yeah, let's let's get right into it. You know, you are the chief intelligence officer for Max Security, Zahi. I also know you're a retired lieutenant colonel in the Israeli Defense Forces. Can you give us just a quick background uh, for those who may not know you or may not have come across you at GSX or one of the other, you know, big conferences? Yeah, so uh, I spent uh, 30 years in the military, of uh, which uh, in the Intel business, did uh, every type of Intel from SIGINT to VISINT to UMINT, research and analysis, and in the past seven years, I'm here at Max Security, heading the Alien Division. So that's a very unique, um, well, background, especially if you've been in intelligence and, and gone through all the ints, you know, as we say, you know, mass ints, again, all of it. And if I think about the, the context of the ongoing uh, war and the conflict right now, how have you seen businesses and operations most significantly impacted by this? So we need to uh, to 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 uh, divide it into the periods, uh, the time that passed uh, since the, the 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 Black Saturday, as we call it, from October seventh, uh, and also the nature of the different uh, businesses. You can say that in the first week uh, or two, uh, many businesses were uh, closed. Uh, it was huge trauma here. Um, people just stayed at home. Um, it took some time to 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 start and get back to some kind of uh, uh, of routine. Um, right now, you can see that uh, you know roads are uh, jammed again. Uh, you see that uh, there is a heavy traffic uh, on the roads. Businesses. Uh, Came back to 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 some kind of uh, uh, of a routine. Uh, small businesses do suffer a lot, uh, lack of uh, manpower, 
lack of um, buyers or, or, or traffic, uh, mainly in the north and the south, uh, where uh, uh, around Gaza Strip or uh, around the, or near the Lebanese border. Um, over there, businesses are almost paralyzed or in a very, very low uh, uh, traffic. However, big businesses like uh, companies, global companies, big organizations, they're working. They're working as uh, in a routine. Many people work from uh, home because some of them are afraid to, to, to get out uh, to the street because of uh, the rockets. Um, schools, uh, it took some time before schools went back to, 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 to activity or to uh, reopened. And even now, they are not in a full capacity. So parents have to uh, be with their uh, kids. Uh, but overall, those big businesses are working as usual. Of course, there is the issue of uh, reserves that... Uh, Recalled to the to, to to the to the army to to for reserve duty. Yeah, I I think that's you know I I spent a good portion of my military career in the reserves as well, and as I think about things going on in the ground, especially in in that region in Israel specifically, I mean, and you have a massive call up, and as you say, small businesses completely affected, big businesses maybe continuing to work. But as, are there any particular sectors that you have seen that are facing particular challenges, maybe due to a reserve call-up or, or other wartime issues? Yeah, there are uh, several sectors that are uh, severely impacted. Uh, for example, agriculture. Uh, many foreign uh, workers uh, left Israel. Um, and farmers are short in uh, manpower. Uh, construction uh, sites are also, uh, most of them closed. Um, restaurants um, and uh, the ent entertainment uh, businesses are almost non-active. You can see many people in the streets, in the coffee shops and restaurants during the day, but in the evening, uh, not many people uh, feel like uh, hanging out uh, when there is a war uh, down south. Yeah, so those, uh, this kind of businesses and sectors uh, are are those that uh, were impacted. Uh, Israel has mob had mobilized uh, 350,000 uh, reserve uh, soldiers. Uh, that's a very big uh, number, but it's not a number that. Uh, Paralyzed the um, the business activity in uh, in 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 Israel. Again, big companies, uh, high tech and and, and, and such, uh, do continue to to, uh, to 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 operate. Well, and if you think about it, the larger companies have probably larger mitigation and business continuity strategies. So if I'm a mid-sized company or I'm a small company operating in a conflict zone or a war zone, you know, I suddenly am faced with issues, as you say, like, how do I maintain, how do I um, uh, keep the business running, keep the lights going, especially, as you say, no one feels like going out at night for multiple reasons uh, during war. And that's completely understood. 
Uh, if if you were to say to a mid or a small size company, here's how here's maybe what you should be thinking about over the next three or four months, because I immediately when we think about sectors like agriculture, construction, entertainment, et cetera, I start thinking about the next quarter and the quarter after that and the quarter after that. How would you advise a mid or a small size company to think about the second and third orders of effect of an ongoing crisis and ongoing war, Zahi? I think that first of all, we need to look at uh, how the war uh, continues. we are all expecting to see what will happen with uh, Hezbollah up uh, up north. Uh, till now, Hezbollah mostly were, uh, was engaged uh, with uh, Israel, uh, let's say, way under the level of uh, war. But uh, if Hezbollah will get into the, the war, let's say, let's say an all-out into the, the, the war, Everything will look differently. Uh, we will not see uh, uh, this routine uh, continues. Uh, it will be uh, uh, very impactful on uh, the center of, uh, of uh, Israel. Um, it's a completely different ballgame. So before we can say how companies should look uh, at the coming uh, period, uh, we need to understand how the war is going to 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 uh, to, to turn. Um, we are all expecting uh, to see what uh, will be with Nasrallah's speech that uh, uh, he promised to 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 give uh, tomorrow at uh, three o'clock. Uh, we know about uh, different proxies, yeah, uh, uh, Iranian proxies that. Uh, uh, waiting in Iraq and in uh, uh, Syria and other places uh, for the order from uh, Iran. So that's the the first uh, thing to uh, to look at. Now, given that Hezbollah will not go all in into this uh, war, so after all, uh, we can say that uh, life in the center of Israel are quite routine. Uh, the number of uh, sirens and uh, rocket launches, launches towards uh, towards the center of Israel has reduced uh, dramatically. Um, the threat is not high. Uh, that uh, um, all those uh, rockets, or let's say most of the rockets, uh, are being intercepted. And the ones that uh, do fall usually fall in an open area, so we don't see uh, casualties uh, from those uh, attacks. So life in the center of Israel uh, continue, and 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 this is what we should expect uh, going forward. Um, if Hezbollah gets into the the, the war. Then we're going to see here uh, quite a busy and 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 dangerous uh, time. Um, hopefully, it will be short. Nobody wants to 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 have a long war with uh, Hezbollah, not Israel nor Hezbollah, because of the destruction for both uh, both uh, sides. 
Yeah, so I think this is what we can look at for the coming month. Three uh, months from now, I think uh, all of it will be uh, over. Um, hopefully, everything will be uh, over. Yeah, that's interesting. I'm always a fan of playing out scenarios, um, especially in terms of continuity uh, for businesses. Uh, and these two, these two scenarios um, strike me as ones that if I'm, you know, I'm in business, I'm a leader or I'm a security leader, I'm thinking out, like, what are my plans around a uh, an action where war footing becomes more so and we become more entrenched in, in the conflict, or uh, there's an attempt to move back to more of a detente between, between sides and, and business goes to normal. It strikes me, you know, everyone I know from Israel is, is highly resilient, uh, and I, you can see that, you know, bleeding through the people, bleeding through the companies, bleeding through the activities. I mean, what are the lessons learned for a business in this Zahi in terms of uh, resilience? Well, first of all, the, uh, let's say, early preparations, uh, being prepared, do those, all those preparations way, way before the crisis, uh, starts. And it's, it's hard to believe, but even today and yesterday, we have, uh, conversations and meetings with companies that didn't take any measure and only remembered that to, 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 to do so only, uh, only now. When things are, you know, uh, the, the, when, when the reality, uh, hits them. Uh, so early preparation is the key, uh, the key, uh, um, lesson learned that, uh, we need, uh, to, to, uh, to look at. And I'm talking about having the right, uh, uh BCPs. I'm talking about the right mm-hmm. evacuation plans. I'm talking about, um, awareness training to the, to the, to the employees, um, employees that, uh, did not expect to, 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 to see and to, to, uh, uh, to experience what, what, what happened? Uh, where is the next shelter? What do I do when I hear a red alert, uh, uh, siren and, and, and so on. We'll get back to the conversation in just a moment. But first, I wanted to tell you about the Ontix Center for Connected Intelligence. In the world of safety, security, and protection, we know that gathering and sharing information is crucial. That is why we created the Ontix Center for Connected Intelligence. The center is a hub for the ongoing exchange of security strategies and best practices, insights on current and past trends, and sharing valuable learnings through expert discussion and analysis. It's made up of seasoned experts with decades of experience across a wide range of disciplines. To find blogs, podcasts, webinars, white papers, and more, check out the center by visiting ontic.co slash center. That's ontic.co backslash center. Tahi, let me ask you a quick question in, in this. Like, I, I agree there's still companies 
regardless of the conflict or the issue, be it natural or man-made, there's always companies and organizations that even when it's happening in front of them, it seems to be a surprise. What is it that holds companies back from doing mitigation up front, you know, getting upstream as uh, I think author Dan Heath wrote a book about being upstream. I mean, what prevents these companies, what prevents organizations from being upstream in the beginning? Why is there always this, we're, we're catching up with, with the issue? I can point at two, two main reasons. Uh, one, and it's the simple one, is that uh, money. They don't want to spend money because uh, having the, the, the right uh, plans and having the right resources uh, reserved for such uh, uh, occasions um, and doing all those uh, risk and threat vulnerability assessments and so on, it's all money. It's, it's cost. Uh, and companies many times uh, do their uh, calculation, decide not to spend this money, but then they spend much, much more because they have to take, you know, uh, emergency uh, uh, um, uh, services. A, another reason that I, I, I see many times is that companies think that they have the right uh, resources and they think that they did the right uh, to the right uh, measures and the right preparations, uh, but they don't. Uh, Sometimes they don't consult with uh, experts. Sometimes uh, they, they just rely on old plans. Uh, they don't check them. Uh, you know, uh, we all know it from the military. You have a plan that's somewhere in a drawer, and uh, you, you don't look at it ever. But when you have an operation, you have to recheck it, and you have to, uh, to, to go through it and see that it's uh, still valid. Uh, so they don't do it. And, and then they're being surprised. No, I think you're absolutely right uh, I, on both parts. One, the resource, many either, like you said, they lack the resource or they they have the resources, but they're willing to roll the dice because they want to spend that resources on something else. And then perhaps as they continue to business planning, they don't come back and, and look at those uh, look at those plans or those resource lacks and say, hey, let's go and spend some money or spend some resources here that we didn't before. And then I think you're right, or we put something together, but we don't pressure test it. I think it's going to work, but in reality, it doesn't survive first contact. And then as a result, it all goes terrible and we end up spending more money and, and it's far more costly. I mean, I think, I think those are two age old, uh, uh, continuity and, and risk strategies that you hear time and time again, but, uh, organizations continue. Some, not all, continue to uh, to fail that that test. But what about those that get it right? What do you see, and what elements do you see where companies who get it right from right out of the gate are doing? Those companies that do it right and did the right preparation and and reacted uh, fast enough. First of all, you see that there is less. Pressure. Uh, they don't have to find and to, to struggle for uh, 
uh, emergency responses and for uh, to you know to from um, dial resources that are uh, just mm -hmm. uh, now in the in, in, in the market let, let's call it like that in the in the, in the security market in, in Israel because of course everybody already took the vehicles and everybody already took the the guards and everybody already uh, reserved uh, rooms uh, somewhere for uh, evacuation uh, to, to, to more quiet uh, uh, places so companies that did manage or did uh, the right preparations they are much more relaxed and more of that uh, they are able to maintain uh, their uh, business continuity uh, because they have the right solutions and the right resources Zahi, let me ask you a question as as an old intelligence professional and practitioner and analyst how does intelligence in particular how should we think about intelligence from a corporate point of view to help these challenges and to maintain continuity and and help make some forecasting around our our issues that our companies might face i think that uh intel um the most important uh, let's say contribution is that it's a very very good um decision making um tool or supporting decision uh, decision making uh, when you use intel uh, you can take much more calculated um, you can take better uh, decisions uh, it's not only relying on uh, feeling or relying on uh, experience or, 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 or uh, it's it's already going beyond uh, it's it's understanding deeper the environment understanding uh, deeper the, 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 the issues that you are uh, facing it could be a uh, threat it could also be uh, information about uh, um, business activity it could be uh, about uh, uh, and, and and you know all, all, all the types of Intel that we uh, uh, deal with you actually make me think of a follow-on right there, which is, you know, you clearly have dealt with military intelligence, as have I, and we both dealt with, like, say, national security type intelligence. How do we think of how should we consider that compared to, say, how we should consider corporate risk intelligence? So we have a lot of people probably listening in, people that are former government, former military, former law enforcement soldiers and many in the corporate space and considering everything that's going on in the world zahi in this like state of perma crisis we seem to be in how should we consider intelligence from the from the corporate view as opposed to the view that we all came from be it soldiers or or, or law enforcement etc i think there is a lot of uh, similarity between the intel in the corporate uh, world to the to the national level uh, intelligence you need to understand the, the the landscape in the areas that you are operating you need to understand uh, the threat uh, actors uh, you need to be able to take decisions for the short term or, and, and the long term you need uh, analysis you need prediction 
Of course, when you are uh, doing the research on, uh, let's say, the terror activity in a certain uh, area, when you are in a corporate, you want to understand what is the threat. You are not going to, let's say, uh, eliminate uh, terror uh, uh, elements. That's what you do in the, in, the, in the military. So there is a difference mm-hmm. on that level. The, 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 the operational level, the response is uh, different. The type of information is uh, sometimes uh, or many times is uh, different. Uh, you don't need uh, as detailed information uh, as you need uh, for a military uh, uh, operation. Uh, but still, uh, the geopolitical side, the understanding the, 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 the threats, understanding the environment, it's very, very, very similar to what you see in the uh, in the military. No, that's a uh, that's that's sound advice to the understanding. Look, at the end of the day, we need to understand the environment. We need to understand what the requirements are so that we can find information, turn that into intelligence and then enable decision makers. You know, that's that's same wherever you are. But when you get down to some of the more nuanced things, we're not going to capture terrorists. In fact, maybe we're going to secure a building or we're going to move travelers around. But the, the, the basic elements are all there. It's just maybe part, partly how we translate them. Do you agree with that or would you add anything to that? I, I agree. Just to add that sometimes for the corporate, you do need a very uh, detailed uh, information. Uh, for example, I'll tell you that. I had a case uh, when um, there was a team that went to uh, to, to check uh, mines in, uh, in 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 Ethiopia. We did uh, an analysis of the terrain and uh, helipads and uh, evacuation routes and uh, where you have cellular uh, reception and, and, and not and. At the end of the day, this level of detailed uh, information that we uh, brought uh, saved the life of uh, the client that apparently uh, got sick in a remote area. And our analysis of uh, helipads in the in the uh, in that area uh, helped to 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 to, to evacuate uh, that that person. So. You do need very detailed info uh, on the on the corporate level, uh, but the usage is different. No, no, I I agree. I it, you just made me think of a a time when we did some map analysis as we were doing some advanced work and realized that we needed to have or make a helipad or make a, an L, a landing zone an LZ. Because yeah. uh, in case of emergency, and we ended up having to use it uh, for something we did in Latin America. So that I, I think you're absolutely right. Um, it does. I think you know. There's a word that says, "Does it scale?" And I think it actually does in, the, in this in this uh, in this conversation because it is. You're doing strategic outlooks right down to the analysis on the ground, whether you're looking for landing zones. Whether you're trying to understand the traffic pattern in uh, in, in let's say um, London on a certain day because you know there's going to be protest or or some type of march, and you need to make sure that you can move your client or your assets around the city in the best possible manner. 
Exactly. Um, and, and one of the most important things that uh, I can tell about this, that uh, there must to be a very close and very uh, tight communication between the Intel and the um, user or the, 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 the client of the information. It could be the CSO, it could be uh, anyone else, but explaining exactly what you need, uh, what level of info is uh, required, what is the usage that you see for, uh, for, for, for the information, and then the Intel will be able to, to bring the best solution uh, for you. When we're talking about the corporate, it's also an issue of uh, resources. If you don't need a 50-pages uh, report that uh, details the color of the ground in every uh, remote area in Ethiopia, uh, so, you know, just uh, define what you need. Yeah, no, I think you're absolutely right. And there's something, uh, we could have a whole other podcast where we talk about the use of the intelligence cycle for corporate intelligence and uh, the pros and cons of it. But uh, I, I appreciate that. And I think you're absolutely right that, you know, I, I often say we have a, we have, we need to understand the threat environment and then it's intelligence driven, but operations led. And all three of those need to connect together, especially in the corporate world, because there are many, you know, a lot of our job is to enable decision making. And, you know, not everyone that's in a leadership position maybe has been in the military or a place where they've been trained or had to make decisions under pressure. So I often think, you know, intelligence uh, job is to help enable the operations and, and inform the threat environment so leaders can decide. What do we need to do? How do we need, not not necessarily how do we need to think, but what do we need to think about? Yeah, and something that is very important, and uh, this is what I'm telling uh, my analysts uh, again and again, and it's part of our DNA here in uh, Max. Uh, We're not just providing facts. Yeah, because for facts, you can read the newspaper, uh, you know, take a reliable newspaper and you'll have good facts. Uh, but as Intel uh, experts, we need to bring assessments. We need to bring uh, our understanding of the environment and the situation, uh, our prediction of to, uh, the, the about to, 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 to come. Only when we bring this, we really help the decision-making. Otherwise, um, we are not much of a help for the decision-maker. Um, I want to ask an obvious question that m- many who are listening in might have right now, Zahi, which is for the companies and for businesses and business travelers navigating the region right now, what are some key considerations or precautions that come top of mind for you that they should think about? Again, like what should they be thinking about in terms of the safety of their travelers and continuity of operations? First of all, um, when to say it, it's that this uh, war or this situation is not confined to uh, Israel only right now. Uh, we do see uh, the um, Iranian proxies uh, threatening the, the, the countries in the, in the region. 
for example, the Houthis are not uh, happy that uh, uh, Saudi Arabia is uh, intercepting uh, their uh, drones. Uh, they're not happy uh, with the UAE. We see uh, attacks uh, in uh, Iraq and in Syria against uh, U.S. Uh, troops or U.S. Uh, bases, um, meaning that um, we need to be aware and to be uh, cognizant of, 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 of this uh, threat also in the region and not only in, uh, in Israel. Having said that, uh, we are not at the point that we need to uh, avoid travel to the to the region. So I I do think that right now you don't need to you you shouldn't uh, travel to 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 Lebanon, and I would wait a few days before I would, uh, travel to to to, to Israel. Um, but to other countries in the region, in, like UAE and uh, Saudi Arabia and Egypt, you can uh, you can travel. You need to be aware of the situation. You need to instruct or to 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 uh, explain your travelers uh, to avoid unnecessary conversations about the situation. You never know who you're talking with. Um, someone can just, uh, in a matter of, uh, you know, blink to 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 attack or to 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 respond aggressively if you are. Uh, yeah, are not in line with uh, their uh, mm -hmm. uh, views. People should uh, avoid the vicinity of uh, protests. There are many protests right now uh, in the countries that are surrounding us, in, in favor of uh, or in support to the to the uh, Palestinians. Uh, those can get uh, unruly or or, or violent. Uh, so avoid avoid uh, such uh, locations. Overall, not not related to this situation, we always tell people avoid uh, demonstrations, avoid civil unrest. Uh, don't don't you don't don't become a bystander or or, or uh, um, get hit because of you know. Uh, mm -hmm. A bullet or something, or or, or, or or a violent act that someone uh, launches. Um, I think this is what companies should uh, should look at uh, right now. I think that's that's all sound advice from someone who who clearly has some understanding and and uh, and um, knowledge of the region. Zahi, I I appreciate you taking time to to talk to to us and. I wish, as always, good fortune and my thoughts remain with, with you and all the folks at Max and everyone affected by this. And, and thank you, sir, for being on the Ontic Protective Intelligence podcast. Thank you very much, very much for uh, having me today. This episode was brought to you by the Ontic Center for Connected Intelligence. Learn more at ontic.co slash center. Again, that's ontic.co backslash center. Our music is a track called Monteverde Ride, and it was written by Brian Bristow and performed by the Smokin' Novas. Check them out on Spotify. Please remember to rate and review our podcast on iTunes and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, 
Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you have questions, we'd love to hear them. You can reach us at podcast at ontic.co or visit ontic.co backslash center for more information. Thanks for listening.